Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The Edmonton Oilers three-game winning streak comes to an end. The Minnesota Wild win at 5-3 tonight. The Oilers got a goal in each period. The Wild got three in the second and two in the third. They improved to 11-9-2 on the season. The Oilers are now 13 and 11. Thanks a lot for joining us. It is 845. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We're uh, keeping an eye on the Flames and the Canadians game as well. It's 1-1 after two periods. Canadians are here on Saturday night to take on the Oilers. Uh, 3.30 face-off show game at 5 here on 6.30. Chet. Well, Rob, uh, looking at this one, defending not quite good enough. Uh, offensive push by the Oilers, not quite good enough. Only 21 shots on goal. Penalty killing, certainly not good enough. Good enough. You're scored on twice in the uh, on the uh, penalty kill in the second period. Goaltending, not quite uh, mm-hmm. good enough. Campbell lets in five on 30, and uh, it all adds up to uh, uh, a well-deserved win by the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, and the 5-3 final score is probably flattering to the Oilers. Obviously, there was a goal in the last seven seconds of the game that meant nothing for the Oilers. Uh, Minnesota controlled the play. Uh, they came out, they were physical. Uh, they defended well. Uh, they made uh, one big mistake, and that created the two-on-one that Connor and Leon uh, scored on. But outside of that, they did a really good job on containing both Connor and Leon. And then after Connor and Leon, there really wasn't a lot of push from the rest of their forwards. So uh, Minnesota came in with a game plan. They they talked about it. They reunited the Erickson Eck line. It was two big bodies playing with him. And they were put them out against Leon and Connor and said, all right, you're just going to stay out there every time they're out there and check them, be physical on them, play in the offensive zone. And they leaned on them heavy. Uh, Leon took two huge hits in the first period. Uh, he was knocked down twice. You don't see that often. So to me, this was a game that Minnesota was the better team. But a lot of it, and we talked about it last night, a lot of it had to do with the Oilers' best players being overextended in a Chicago game that should have been put out of reach. And because it wasn't, they the top five players for the Oilers played 25, 26 minutes and more. And when the Oilers needed a push today in the third period, those star players, they just didn't have the energy that was required like to play against a big, strong physical team. So uh, structured teams are the ones that give the Oilers the most trouble. In the Minnesota Wild, they're a very structured hockey club. All right, 5-3, the final in favor of Minnesota. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. For excuses, Gene. Um, for me, uh, you know, we put ourselves in position to play a good game, and, and it was tight. You know, um, found ourselves down, but the team pushed as hard as it could all the way to the very last 
last last few seconds, and uh, unfortunately, we made too many errors, or, and they ended up in the back of our net. Um, when you assess this as a six-game road trip, more like how do you kind of assess how your team performed over the, the tough travel and everything? Well, um, you know, I thought we were putting something together there with the, the three-win winning streak. I thought we actually did some good things in New Jersey and, and Long Island. We didn't get the result. I thought we did some good things tonight. And uh, what I like is is seeing our players compete and give it everything they have. And, and tonight our guys gave it everything they have, but we just made a few too many uh, small errors that um, ended up in the back of our net and it was too big of a hill to overcome. Um, so on the whole, if you look at it like a uh, six-game road trip, like you called it, it's three and three and uh, we're happy to go back home and, and uh, get some rest and, and get ready to take on Montreal because I'm sure it's going to be a good game. I know the, the penalty killing is something that you guys are looking at all the time and addressing mm -hmm. and each goal is, is different and yeah. of itself, but the overall body of work I actually think uh, both the goals that went in tonight were off of face-offs. It had nothing to do with anything other than, um, you know, like a, it was a 50-50 puck that ended up on their tape, and, you know, they were both a uh, little bit different types of goals. So um, those things happen. Um, you know, I think our penalty kill since that Washington game has been much improved. And uh, tonight it was unable to get the result, and that was disappointing. Um, but, you know... Uh, uh, it's an area we got to continue to work at to get better. I think you play the Wild three times in seven games this stretch. What are you, yeah. your impression of them, like how they play, how they defend and everything? Yeah, I think they're right in that range where a lot of teams are. They're figuring out who this year's version of their team is. I thought tonight was a competitive game. Um, we had the lead twice. Uh, we were unable to hold it. Um, you know, we, we made a few errors that ended up in the back of the net. This, this league's a tough league, and uh, every night you're going against top opponents and you know tonight we came up on the wrong side of it. We have world class players on your side. What do you think of Kaprizov as a player? What do you appreciate yeah, about his game? He's a good hockey player. Yeah, really good hockey player. How do you think you guys are playing in relation to how you're positioned? Like you're a couple games over 500 which is which is right there. Uh, you want to see more. What do you want to see more of so you can get that breakthrough? Well I think uh, it's important to understand that we're battling through a little bit of adversity which is number one our schedule has been um, what it has been. All teams go through that. Um, we've had major injuries. Uh, four of our top nine forwards are out. Uh, we're asking people to move up the lineup. We're learning a lot about people uh, when you go through this. So I think we're we're scratching and clawing. I think our team spirit is 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 there. Um, you know, but our polish of being able to uh, night in night out, um, you know, uh, get the results that we want to get hasn't been there. It's been what our record says it's been. Uh, the good news is is that we're learning some lessons and we've got to turn that those lessons into applied knowledge as we move forward. Um, you know, today uh, today was what it was. Uh, as I said, I, I thought our team spirit, I thought our fellas battled all the way to the final whistle and um, unfortunately we came out on the wrong end of it. We're going to look to get better as we move forward. Thanks, guys. Okay, that is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 5-3 loss to the Minnesota Wild. Rob, let's start with the penalty killing, okay. which as a whole this season has been, well, poor. Yep. I mean, 27th in the NHL, so you're, what, 5th or 6th last. 72.8% mm -hmm. uh, 
coming into tonight, so it'll drop a little closer to 70 after this game. On the one hand, I, I will agree with what Woodcroft said. I think it has been a bit better since the Washington disaster. Yep, they became they, much they more aggressive. For five. Yep. Uh, but they gave up two last night. They give up two tonight. I, what I understand Woodcroft was saying in his comments today was, well, those were goals off face-off losses, so it wasn't penalty killers not mm -hmm. doing things properly once the puck gets passed around or stopping zone entries or things like that. My counter to that, and that I'll ask you about, is losing face-offs is part of penalty killing. First of all, you want to win the face-off, yeah. but when you lose it, you're off, you're, or if it's a scrambled draw, you're often outnumbered and you don't get it. So I, I still think that that's part of the problem, is not winning the face-off and then tonight not reacting properly to that. Well, yeah, and both of you guys are right. Both you and Jay are right on that, because what the penalty killing last night... It was missed assignments, not getting in the right lane, uh, losing checks, not getting in the passing lane. Those are the things that plagued the Oilers early. That's why their penalty killing was really bad. They were giving up grade-A scoring chances because they just weren't defending well. Tonight, it was just, it was lost face-offs that the Oilers somehow ended up outnumbered in a situation on a face-off in the defensive zone. When you're shorthanded, you actually have an advantage because you have four players to their three because the two defensemen are out by the blue line. So they have their three fours. You have four guys. So the Oilers outnumbered the Minnesota Wild, but on both goals, the Minnesota Wild outnumbered the Oilers in front of the net. So that is a, a, a big mistake. So it was a penalty-killing face-off where they messed up. So it wasn't the big mistakes they were making earlier that was they were getting beat with all these plays and, and just missing uh, coverages. This was, again, a different type a penalty killing mistake but again a mistake and when Connor McDavid scores off a one face off when Leon wins it on the power play and he shoots and scores a power play goal that power play goal is still a power play goal so tonight when Minnesota scored those two goals they were power play goals that meant the penalty killing didn't get it done and a big part of penalty killing one of the biggest parts is winning the face off if you win the face off you've just taken 20 to 30 seconds off of the kill and you're forcing that team to try and set up. If you, if the opposition wins the face-off, they're set up, and now they get a full two minutes. So the Oilers penalty killing didn't get it done. That's just one of the problems in the game tonight. Yeah. But it was a big one. Their penalty killing wasn't good enough. Well, yeah, no, one of the problems for sure. I'm not putting it all in the penalty killing, but I wanted to start there yep. because the Wilds, first two goals were on the power play yeah on face-offs that yeah. yeah again th those both times they ended up with the advantage in front of the Oilers net when the Oilers have the advantage of four guys being there against three wilds so uh miscommunications misplays uh misreads and all of a sudden the Minnesota Wilds score a couple of huge goals the penalty killing last year this is the whole season. Yep. Who knows where it'll go this year, but just for comparison's sake, was 17th last year at 79.4%. So not great, but middle of the pack as opposed to mm -hmm. uh, near the bottom like it is this year. That was with two coaches last season. I, I, I don't know what it was under each coach. I'd have to go back and look. But uh, yeah, but uh, power play goals by Eriksson Ek and Kaprizov, who did make a nice play. I mean, he was on one knee and he was able to yeah. deke. It, it, it was a nice play, but again, he had the, that was the opposition's best player. That's, as Bob said before the game, one of the league's five superstars. And he had the puck in front of the net with, really, he, he had, he was falling, but he still had time and space to make the play that he wanted to make. Uh, the Oilers need to be better killing they just do and the other thing we haven't talked about is 
your goaltending has to be good when you're killing a penalty. They, let's go on the opposite side. The Oilers' last power play they had, Marc-Andre Fleury made three big saves, two of them on Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yes, they so, would have made it a one-goal game. So for you to survive the opposition's power play, your goalie has to make big saves. The Oilers didn't get that tonight. All right, so 5-3 for the Wild. That leads me into in the next discussion point. Um, Jack Campbell's record is now 7-6. and six. His goals against average will remain over 4. His save percentage is well below 900. He's, he's had a tough start to the season. Now, he's had some games with horrific defending in front of him. Yes. I would say even, uh, you know, the, the three... The, we talked about the last week or whatever it was, the three goals against... Um, that the Islanders had on him, totally wide open guys yeah. on all three, and then even falling behind three nothing against the Rangers, um, he didn't get a lot of help on on those goals. So that's been part of the problem. But I, I look at some of the plays tonight and think, okay, yeah, maybe tough goals, deflections, but you need a save. You you, you need a stop. I mean, the Oilers had some deflections. Yeah, Flurry stopped. You know, uh, Skinner, well. Skinner's outplayed. Campbell you know he's pucks have hit him that have been going through Campbell there's some times where your um, your stat line isn't as good as you played uh, Jack Campbell's uh, record is better than he's played his goals against average and his save percentage which actually are both going to go down are going to be worse after the game than yes. the ones that you just gave and he's got a winning record that's surprising that shows that the Oilers have outscored a lot of mistakes this year because his his goals against average and his save percentage does not usually lead to a winning record. So Jack Campbell has not had a good t start to the season. That's not we're not saying something that Jack Campbell hasn't said himself. Uh, tonight the, the it was a nice goal. Was I think it was Goudreau the short side back end. Nice play, but there seemed to be a lot of space there. Right. Uh, the tip from Zuccarella, it, it didn't move a lot but it still found a way to get through him. Uh, Jack Campbell wasn't awful in the game, but the guy on the other end was better. And the Oilers needed a big start from Jack Campbell. They were gonna be tired. It was a, a really quick turnaround. Uh, not excuses, but facts. And on nights like that, a goalie knows, you know what, tonight's the night I might have to, I might have to keep my team in it. I know my team's eventually gonna get something for me, but there may be a few times during this game where I'm gonna have to make a save that's going to help change momentum or keep momentum going our way. They didn't get those saves tonight. And uh, Jack Campbell, the, the struggles continue for him, which is tough because uh, he is was a big signing and an exciting signing for the Edmonton Oilers this summer, and it just hasn't come to fruition, not yet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, still, we'll see a lot of time. And he has had some good games, yep. but just, just as a whole. The consistency's you know, not there I think yet. the stats do tell the story there to, to some extent, for sure. Wild beat the Oilers 5-3 tonight. Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Clean Costin getting the goals for the Edmonton Oilers. We'll make Costin our fourth star for Jandell Homes, Alberta's premier modular home retail, since he gets his uh, first one of the season. For the uh, Wild, it was Erickson Eck, Kaprizov, and Goudreau in the second period. Steele and Zuccarello scoring in the third. The shots on goal were 30-21 to Minnesota. So, yeah, the Oilers didn't have uh, a lot going in the offensive end. I mean, I thought the Oilers' first period was, was fine. Yep. Give, mm -hmm. give, I, I know they had, uh, um, you know, Campbell actually made a couple good saves in the first period, and, and Minnesota hit a post. But, I mean, the shots were 6-4. The Oilers got a power play goal. And you thought, okay, maybe it's okay if it's a bit of a quieter game Well, tonight, the, but. the Oilers needed a quiet game because I don't think they had the energy or probably the the lineup to be able to play 
uh, an open style. Minnesota doesn't play open. They don't, but when you play in games like this, the things that they needed, they needed discipline. They took some dumb penalties. They needed great goaltending. They didn't get that. And they needed smart decisions. Well, they made some, some poor decisions, as we saw in the two power play goals, but other ones, uh, the breakaway goal by Sam Steele, I believe yeah, it was. Yeah, in the third. Evan Bouchard changes when the Minnesota Wild had the puck. And the guy that came on and scored was where Evan Bouchard should have been. And if you watch the, we saw, only saw a slight overhead of it. Uh, there was no, there was no desperation for him getting off the ice. He kind of half skated off the ice. He kind of looked, saw, went off the ice, and all of a sudden the Wild see that and they pounce on it. You can't make mistakes like that in close games uh, when you're on the road and trying to overcome a, uh, being a tired hockey club. So they didn't get the goaltending, they didn't get the discipline, and they made some silly self-inflicted mistakes and at the end of the night uh, again I, I think a 5-3 score really doesn't do justice to what yeah. this game was this minnesota wild this game was for the most part for the last 40 minutes was in their control yeah for sure and yeah. uh, they got the two points and the others come home fortunately to get a little bit of rest before, well, actually, not a whole lot of rest, do they? They play an they play five late afternoon on, game. Uh, on Saturday. But at least a home Stay, start. Staying home, yeah, it will hopefully help. Uh, yeah, Costin's goal was with 3.7 seconds left, so made its scoreline look, look a little better. And but. again, the, the goal meant nothing in the game at all. Yeah. But it was his first goal here. And I tell you, that means something to the player. He, he didn't see him celebrating, but inside, you know, he's like, okay. I got that Someone first goal. Yet. I got yeah. that goal for me here. Now it's going to be a little easier, and just just a bit of a confidence boost for him. So hopefully, uh, some bottom six scoring will be coming from Costin over the next little while as he finally breaks the goose egg and has something good happen for him. All right, you can get in touch tonight seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. That is the hotline presented by Certainty, the pros' choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. The Wild beat the Oilers five three tonight. So Edmonton's three game winning streak comes to an end their road record slips to seven and five on the season now coming home for four games as i said before their their next road game is against minnesota <laughs> and then their next two road games after that are both against nashville with well, home games in between but it's easy to book tickets and hotel rooms and stuff because you know where you're going to be uh well it's a t it's the next two it's one they have a, no success in minnesota followed by two plays two games in a place they have lots of success very in. well against in Nashville right now Leon Dreisel is already excited about the trip to Nashville because he owns the Nashville Predators but they've got some games here coming up on home ice they got to start uh, putting some points in the bank uh, Vegas lost tonight I saw that the Seattle Kraken were losing tonight uh, those are teams that are trying to reel in and with some home games on the the docket hopefully they'll be able to put some uh, points together and get a bit of a run going I mean it's Despite the loss tonight, still three wins in their last four games. They win on Saturday. That's four wins out of five. This is the kind of streak that they need to get going. Yeah. Uh, let's update that scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Dallas leading the Ducks 5-0 late in the third. Robertson has a hat trick. He's up to 22 goals on the season. Canadians and Flames 1-1. They're now early in the third. Panthers are leading the Canucks 3-0 after the first. Kachuk has his 11th of the season. Season. Washington leading Seattle 2-0 at the start of the second period. Seattle has won six in a row. Coyotes and Kings scoreless in the first. Avalanche outscored the Sabres 6-4. McKinnon had five points, you said? 
McKinnon had five points in the Avalanche win. The Devils, a uh, rare loss for them, though they do get a point. Predators beat them 4-3 in overtime. The Devils are 19-4-1. Predators tied it uh, with 10 seconds left and then won in overtime. Yeah, the Devils don't lose often, and when they do, they seem to find a way to get a point. They are a good hockey club. All right. Uh, the Penguins beat the Golden Knights 4-3. The Lightning beat the Flyers 4-1. Hurricanes over the Blues 6-4. Jordan Martinuk, Edmonton area guy, got a hat trick in that game, up to seven goals on the season. The uh, Thursday night football game, Buffalo's going to win. It is 27, uh, pardon me, 24-7 in the final two minutes. The Patriots do have the ball deep in Buffalo's end, but uh, looks like Buffalo's going to win that one. And the World Cup scores, of course, from earlier today, Canada finishes with a 2-1 loss to Morocco. Belgium and Croatia, 0-0. So actually, Belgium didn't make it. Yeah, Belgium, didn't. They, they were the number two ranked team. They did not have a very good World Cup. They got one win against Canada, and Canada should have destroyed them in that game. Germany over Costa Rica, 4-2. Japan beating Spain, 2-1. Uh, more group stage games coming up tomorrow. All right, uh, 780-496-0063 if you want to chime in. Let's go back to Mini. Here's Edmonton Oilers captain, Connor McDavid to to, uh, to uh, you know kind of hang on and um, you know I think uh, when you're winning 2-1 halfway through the game you'd like to see uh, get some points out of it but like I said give them credit we made mistakes they uh, they made us pay there's a bit of a grind this six game stretch in New York home for one back out east back to backs three and three what do you make of that yeah the schedule hasn't been been kind to us uh, the last little while but um, you know every team goes through it you know it's, uh, it's a tough league lots of travel uh, especially when you know you play up in Edmonton, so um, you know lots of travel. That uh, glad uh, is over. We got a little bit of a homestand now, and we got to find a way to uh, to string some together at home. What do you make of Kirill Kaprizov and his game and how he plays? I mean, three-point night for for him. What did you think of it? Yeah, he's a really good player. Um, yeah, you know, he uh, skates really well. You know, makes a lot happen. Uh, yeah. So two games over 500. It's not. It's not terrible. You're right there. What do you What do you need to do to get that kind of run, that push through, that, that can get you where you want to? Yeah, you got to string them together. Um, you know, you. you uh, yeah. You know, obviously we got to get a little bit more desperate. Um, you know, it's a big month for us here in December, and um, you know, set ourselves up for uh, a good second half. Okay, that's it. Connor McDavid uh, checking in after the Oilers' 5-3 loss to the Minnesota Wild. He was asked about uh, Kaprizov, the fellow number 97 in the league. Kaprizov's fun to watch. Oh, uh, absolutely. He's got, he's got speed and a really good shot as well. He had three points tonight, and he easily could have had another three or four. He was all over the place out there tonight. Uh, fun, exciting. Uh, every shift he's out there, he's creative. Uh, doesn't get knocked off the puck much. He's everything a superstar in the National <laughs> Hockey League should be. Uh, he's a guy that is worth the admission. You, you, when you come to watch him play, he usually doesn't disappoint, and he had a wonderful game tonight for the Minnesota Wild. Okay, Wild beat the Oilers 5-3. More post-game reaction coming up. You can check in at 780-496-0063. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. So it goes to the left side of the wild net, and Merrill takes a hit from Malone. Got it out on the left wing. 
All right, the crunch of the game is for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Oilers get crunched 5-3 against the... Minnesota Wild. Calgary playing uh, quite well here against the Canadians, but still 1-1. Yeah, they're dominating the game, but this is the problem that we talked about, is when you dominate a game, but you allow the other team to stay close, they have players that can make you pay. And the Montreal Canadiens do have some good players, some very good players. Suzuki's an, an awesome young player. Caulfield, we've seen he's got the ability to score at any time. They got the first pick overall in the draft, who scored a goal already tonight for the Canadians. Uh, they're good. So you don't want to have them hang around because the longer they hang around, the bigger the opportunity for the, for the upset. But this is a game right now that Calgary has dominated in, yet with a 35 to 15 shot difference, the score is still 1-1 midway through the third period. Yeah, I'm not, I don't... Look at this, whoa. That, I have not seen it. So was that Anderson? Anderson, as he went by... Like, kind of f went like he was going to but when, uh, push when he, Markstrom or cross But the first the time belly. he went by Markstrom, I think Markstrom gave him a little push on the icing right. call. So then Anderson came back at him and kind of mm, faked that he was going to fight him in front of the net. And then Mangiapane, so right here... Yeah. Oh, that's a Marks almost a spear by Markstrom. Yeah, Markstrom slashed him pretty good, so... And so then, yeah, so Anderson was coming down to the right of Markstrom. Markstrom stuck out his paddle and put it right into the belly of Anderson. And then Anderson came in front and kind of fainted like he was going to cross-check Markstrom in the chest. There should have been the a penalty against Markstrom. Happy. Yeah, there should have been a penalty against Markstrom. It was... Uh and then I think Mangiapane is the only one that got the puck. So here, here's the example where we're saying this is a game that the Calgary Flames have dominated, but here halfway through the third period, the Montreal Canadiens are going to get a power play with a chance to go ahead in the hockey game. Yeah, so Mangiapane came in and, well, really did very little. Very little. I'm not sure how he got he, the only Anderson penalty. He's quite a bit bigger than <laughs> yeah. him, so I guess he just got called for being the guy to come in. That's a bad call by the referee there. Markstrom should have been the only person getting the penalty there. All right, so we'll keep an eye on that one. Oilers lose 5-3 of the Wild. 780-496-0063. Chris is on the line. Chris, hope you're doing okay. What's on your mind? Hey, how's it going, guys, tonight? Good. Yeah, good. Good. I just have two questions. Um, my first question is, do you guys think that it was a coaching error starting uh, Stuart Skinner last game against Chicago and Jack Campbell tonight? Uh, before you before you answer before you ask your next question, uh, to yep. answer that one first, I can tell you that I was surprised that they went that way. I thought it would be uh, Skinner tonight and Campbell yesterday. I mean, I mean, he does, they're both going to play a game, but I thought Skinner would play this game, so I was a little surprised. Uh, yeah, me, me too. I mean, I, I, no. I don't know if I would call it an error at this point. No, I don't think so. Either. I, I mean, Skinner has not been as lights out as he was earlier in the season either. But I, okay. I would have thought Skinner would get this start. I don't know if it would have made any difference either way. But Montreal just scored. Yeah, yeah Cole, Cole Caulfield. <laughs> that's, you don't want to let them hang around because they have guys and, that can uh, score. That Cole Caulfield can shoot the puck. I just got one last question, and then I'll hang up and let you guys answer. And I'm just wondering, with the goaltending front, um, do you see the Oilers giving Skinner a little bit of a longer leash, being a young guy, maybe letting him run like three out of four games, something like that? Um, have a good night, guys. Well, I think I think that's already happening. Yeah. I mean, what, Campbell went 11 or 12 days between starts? I know mm -hmm. they had that week, that one five-day stretch, they only played that game against L.A. No, I think... Um, I, I don't know if Skinner in the next, you know, 10 games is going to start seven or eight or whatever. But, I mean, right now, uh, in terms of appearances, this was 13 for Campbell and 12 for Skinner. 
And this was Campbell not supposed got, to be 50-50, yeah. yeah. So I, I think they've already seen that Skinner's playing well and have rewarded yep, him. Yep, I agree. I, and I, I think that we what we've seen with Jay Woodcroft, with every all his moves that he's made, he goes with the lineup he thinks is going to give him the best chance of winning a hockey game. And uh, Campbell was not as good as he probably wished he could be in tonight's game. And uh, if he f Woodcroft thinks that Skinner's the better goaltender, he'll put him in a, a more important hockey game. I do believe that. Uh, now, to say this about these two games, Campbell was the goalie in that 6-5 game. In Chicago? In Chicago yep. earlier in the year. Now, we got the win, mm -hmm. but who knows? Maybe they're thinking, well, do we want to put him back into this building where he just gave up five, even though he got the victory, put Skinner in and then play Campbell against there, well, there's, I mean, who knows? There's a lot of things that they put into their decisions. They'll talk with the goalie coaches. They'll talk about what's happening in practice. Just being on the outside, I always look, okay, do you put your the guy who's playing better in the tougher matchup? Or there's the other thought, do you put your better goalie in the first one to guarantee yourself a victory, knowing you're going to be tired yeah, in the second keep one? Keep his confidence going. And, yeah, because yeah. the Oilers needed to win last night, because tonight's game was going to be tough. So they, they wanted to make sure they took care of things in Chicago. So is that the more important game on this road trip? Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. Because if they would have lost last night, then all of a sudden they come into Minnesota. It's like this becomes a much bigger hockey game, and they're going to be tired playing a team that last year owned them. Yeah. So uh, I guess it all depends on what they're thinking in the coach's room. But the first time I saw that the way they were going to, I was a little surprised. I thought Skinner would play in this game. Yeah, but I, I, it's just it's interesting because uh, I mean it's, it's not like it's not close. Skinner's been better. Yes. Even you know, and you know, like you said. Um, I mean, Skinner's save percentage was what nine fifty-five at one point. Yeah. So you knew you knew it was going to come down, and it's it's nine fourteen. But I think he probably can be a nine fourteen goalie. He can. I think but, that's realistic. But the thing is, if it was nine fifty-five in the first five games, and now it's nine fourteen, that means in the last five games, it's probably been around nine hundred or eight ninety. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. I mean, he let in four on twenty-five last night, yeah. so that'll drop it down a little bit. But again, he got the win, which most goalies will say, hey. Right. If that's the case, then uh, Campbell's, he's, he's got a winning record. <laughs> right. Well, Campbell's now 7-6. and six. Skinner's, uh, something doesn't add up here. 7-6. and six. And Skinner's 3-4 and four in the season? No, no, Skinner's 6-5. and five. Oh. oh, no, that's right. Yeah, 13-11. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Okay. 5-3, the Wild win it tonight. Let's uh, bring Brian in on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Brian, go ahead. Evening. Um, I think Campbell. Uh, I, I I've never followed his uh, his path into when he, even when he played in Toronto. But I I understand he's a streaky goalie. So I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty confident that he's going to get good. Um, you know, who knows when, right? But we've got him now. So um, we, you know, you got to you got to obviously uh, play the guy. And uh, I think he will get his confidence, and uh, and the team's going to rally. But um, I had a question for uh, uh, just a comment too. Is uh, I think I think we definitely are the the, the defense misses uh, Mike Smith back there and uh, and uh, uh, Duncan Keith. Um, but my question was uh, Chris Russell. What what happened to him? I haven't heard anything about him. He's a free agent. Yeah, he's an unrestricted free agent. His contract expired. So where is he now? My guess at home. I haven't talked to him. Yeah. My, <laughs> gu my guess is probably with his family. Uh, normally, 
he hasn't announced that he's retired. I don't think I've heard that. So normally players in that position, they'll keep themselves in shape, they'll work out, they'll skate, they'll do all those kind of things, and then wait to a certain amount of time. And if nothing comes to fruition, then they'll decide it's, it's time to end their career. So I haven't heard anything other, but uh, he, I mean, he was a great pro for a long, long time. Good leader, good teammate. Uh, going back to, yes, the Oilers absolutely miss Mike Smith's playmaking ability in his own zone. Mm -hmm. He a lot more pressure on the Oilers defenseman this year, not having Mike Smith clearing the puck. And losing Duncan Keith, the veteran leadership that he had, absolutely, I think that takes it. Mike, Duncan Keith that we saw here in Edmonton isn't the Duncan Keith that's going to the Hall of Fame. We saw him at the end of his career, but... He made, he made the team better. It yeah. was a good trade for the Edmonton Oilers. And I think they miss the savvy that he brought. I think they miss the confidence that he brought. And it has shown at times for the Edmonton Oilers in games where they seem to be a little lost at times in their own zone. Yeah, it's interesting time with those two guys. Uh, and I know, you know, and Smith was... Um like sometimes his his off nights he was really off mm -hmm. you know and then that, that yeah, I know it would frustrate uh, people for sure his puck handling he was hard to measure right because okay sometimes he might shoot the puck off the boards and it wouldn't be cleared so it, okay what have the other team been able to forecheck anyway or still got some hits in you never know but you know he got a great <laughs> he set up McDavid for an overtime goal well, I mean, even Drysaddle's breakaway. Uh, in Calgary, he just got out behind the net and slapped it as hard as he could up the boards. It did. Calgary was at the wrong angle, and Drysdale got it. He got the, he got the, every single dump in that came in. He blocked and, and got like he didn't get them all out, but he blocked every one. He kept the Oilers out of a lot of trouble. They missed him tremendously. Um, Jack Campbell isn't bad with the puck. Stuart Skin Skinner still has work to do, but neither are even close, even close, remotely close to what. Uh, Mike Smith was able to do. He was one of the best in the history of the NHL, if not the best, at stopping the puck and moving the puck out. The Oilers certainly miss what he brought to the team. All right, 5-3, the Minnesota Wild beat the Oilers tonight. Let's uh, get more from the Oilers dressing room. Here's defenseman Cody Ceci. Sorry, we might have to get that a little bit later, but we will have Ceci coming up here uh, in a few minutes. We'll go back to the uh, Certainty hotline. We have Greg standing by, 7804960063. Greg, go ahead. Well, thank you very much, you guys. Uh, I think the Oilers played well. But uh, I would also like to talk. Uh, I am the Greg that used to talk about. Uh, I, I called when the uh, Canadian soccer team made the World Cup. So I would just like to comment on the World Cup. Yeah, sure. We can and give you a few seconds. Go ahead. Yeah, good. And good for Canada. Uh we actually scored in the World Cup. Yeah, no, it was awesome. It was, it was great. I think this is building blocks for the Canadian national soccer team. Uh, hopefully it uh, f propels them even further in the next time they're in the World Cup, which will be four years from now, that uh, their goal will be more than scoring a goal. So, yeah, congratulations to them. All right, that's Greg at 7804960063. Oilers fall 5-3 to the uh, Wild. Give us a buzz if you want to check in. We will have Cody Cece's post-game reaction coming up on Hartlett Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins. 
on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair. To control, left corner, back to the point. Merrill with a hard shot and a save made by Campbell. Puck goes in behind the Oiler goal. All right, save the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Campbell stops 25 out of 30. Marc-Andre Fleury stops 18 out of 21. He's 15-4-1 in his career against the Edmonton Oilers. Minnesota winning it tonight 5 Three and the order is now home for four games starting with the Montreal Canadiens on Saturday. Doug wins tonight. He took the under in River Cree Resort and Casino, set the line, excitement bet on it. Third period goals by the Oilers. They set the line at one and a half, so it's under. They just got one. Costin scored with 3.7 seconds left in the game. So Doug gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. There you have it. Uh, Canadians up 2-1 on the Flames with 7.45 left in the third period. So, Oilers fans probably like this result if it hangs on. Oh, 3-on-1 for Calgary, though. And Allen made the save. Wow, that was a They're pretty big a power save. play, though. That w- yeah, you don't usually th- see too many 3-on-1s in the National Hockey League, but that was a wide-open 3-on-1, and... Or the Calgary Flames were unable to score, but seven and a half to go. They've got a power play to try and tie it up. I uh, want to remind everybody that on our face-off show, mm-hmm. which is on 90 minutes before each game, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to Metallica. So on Saturday, Monday, and Wednesday of next week, December 3rd, 5th, and 7th. So you'll hear a kind of a Metallica montage, and that'll be the cue to call in. And so it's a pair of tickets to both Metallica shows, August 23rd and 25th, 2024. 2024. That is correct. That's a long time away. Yes. Um, So here's the thing. There's two shows, but different set lists and different opening acts. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That that means you're pretty good if you can have two full concerts with different songs. Well, and all their songs are like eight minutes long, aren't they? I think early in their career, they put out a lot of, lot of long songs. I, I do like Metallica. My wife is more of a fan than I am. Really? Yeah, my, and I'm a more of a fan than John Shannon was, who I heard was not <laughs> as big a fan. Uh, the biggest fan ever, Yarmar uh, Yager was a huge Metallica fan. Oh, interesting. And when they came to Pittsburgh, they wanted to meet Yarmar Yager. And Yag's got some pictures with the band. I don't know if it was before or after their concert. It was kind of cool. They did, didn't they, a couple of guys, I don't know if it was the whole band, didn't they do an instrumental of the Star-Spangled Banner before the All-Star game in San Jose? Because they're from the Bay Area, right? I can't remember, but I do know that they are hockey fans. So it is pretty cool. And the, what's the other band? Oh, the guy that had the two beards in the band. Oh, it's yeah, a, it had the two beards. They got two guys with the had? long, long beards in it. ZZ Top? ZZ Top. They Not came, the same style as Metallica. No, no, but they came They, they came to, because <laughs> it, it was in San Francisco on an exhibition tour, they came and I had just left the rink when they showed up and asked, they had a limo and asked Phil Bork if they if he wanted to come out and go hang out with them. And normally I'm with Bork and I could have hung out with ZZ Top, but I didn't get a chance to because I was a little too quick that night getting out of the dressing room. Uh, so ZZ Top, the drummer, didn't have a beard. And his last name was? His name's Frank Beard. Yep, that was kind of funny. That's one of the greatest pieces of trivia of all time. <laughs> Tell you this, though. They got legs, and they know how to use them. They certainly do. Actually, didn't we lose one of them just recently? I thought one of them passed away. Uh, I think one of them might have passed yeah, away. Yeah, in the last uh, little while. Was it Dusty Hill? I'm just checking on Wikipedia. Dusty Hill passed away on July 28, 2021. Yeah, okay. He was the uh, bassist for ZZ Top. And here we go into a music uh, 
type of show now. Well, we could talk about a lot of different stuff. Well, when the Oilers don't win, there's more time for us to talk about things outside of hockey. Uh, so did you know what I did for John Shannon? I did. You sent him uh, coffee I, and Timbits. So I didn't know if this was going to work. So yesterday, he always jokes that all back-to-back games, he's going to be so mm-hmm. exhausted how mm-hmm. taxed he is. So I joked yesterday, well, I'll get you a coffee. I'll get you. A, I'll send you a coffee. He's like, oh, yeah, right, as if. Okay, you'll never do that. So that immediately made me think, well, i got to try to do this. So I went on Skip the Dishes. Now, I won't say how I found out I, John's, Shannon's address. Luckily, someone I know had his address that I asked. So that because I, I don't I don't know where he, I mean he lives in Mississauga that doesn't doesn't really near can't just put John you should, in Mississauga. You should post that on 630 Chad's Twitter tonight. So <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> so I, I I and I don't really use skip the dishes or Uber Eats or whatever. I mean I have but not I'm not overly familiar with how you can do stuff. So I thought okay I want to get this sent, uh, and then I thought, oh, it, it says, well, you can schedule a time. Mm-hmm. So I put in 4.30 to 5, because I wanted it between 6.30 and 7. And once I put in the Mississauga address, it actually converted it. So I got him a, a medium coffee with one cream and sugar, one sugar and 10 Timbits. You know what you should have done, because you weren't sure how it was going to work? You should have done it to my house first, and then I could have told you if it worked properly or not. And if you need help, we'll skip the dishes. My son's really good at that because the skip the dishes happens to be on his father's credit card, so he's oh, not wow. af- he's not Jeez, afraid to get skip the dishes every second night. That's amazing. Yeah, what a deal. I'm like, get, keep getting these bills for skip the dishes. I'm like, hey, wait a second, I don't even know how to use it, but my son certainly does. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We're back after the news. Oilers lose five three to the Wild. It's Heartland Ford overtime open line. Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Okay, hope you're as warm as you can be. Oilers cold tonight, beaten 5-3 by the Minnesota Wild. Game wasn't really that close. Wild took control with three goals in the second period, led 3-2 going to the third. Sam Steele scored, got in behind the Oilers' defense off a bad line change. That made it 4-2. Zuccarello had a tip to make it 5-2. Clem Costin, first goal as an Oiler with 3.7 seconds left. So, nice little moment for him, but the uh, Oilers' three-game winning streak comes to an end. We were going over a lot of the bad things for the Oilers tonight. I, I do want to bring up a positive. Okay. And it's been a positive for several years now, but I think it's worth talking about. Um, Leon Dreisaitl is the best power play scorer in the National Hockey League. And has been. And has been for probably, yeah, let's say four years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets another one tonight off the, the patented one-timer down low. Fires away, hits the net, uh, his 16th goal of the season. Uh, Bouchard and McDavid got the assist. But he, his, uh, I mean, it's it's remarkable because we spent, especially when the orders were quite poor, one of the things a lot of listeners wanted, fans wanted, and rightly so, mm-hmm. well, they need a point man who can fire the puck, specifically maybe a right shot guy. Now, the interesting thing is they, they have two of those guys who aren't <laughs> bad at it. Yeah, I mean, actually, Bar- Barry's not bad at it. Bush has struggled this season, but he has been able to score at times. N- not always on the power play, but five on five. But yet, the, 
I, I, I don't think anybody would have predicted this when he came into the league, that the Oilers' most dangerous power play weapon would be Leon Dreisaitl's one-time shot. Well, especially he came in as a, a playmaker, a guy that could set the table on the power play for the Edmonton Oilers. But what makes him so dangerous, and we talked about at the end of the period, uh, is he can score from anywhere. And he, he just makes it so hard for defenders because he puts himself in positions where you can't defend. You can't get down a foot off the, the goal line if you're a defending defenseman and stand there to take that shot away because that just opens up. Now you've left the entire side of the ice for Connor McDavid to skate in on. So he puts himself in places that the defenders can't find him where the goaltender, now when the goaltender's sliding across, well, he's got to go post to post. It's not like he has to go post to three quarters across. He's got to go post to post and kind of turn up and look at him. And a goalie can't do that. Uh, he hits the net with consistency. And that's the biggest thing. It's funny, I teach uh, kids uh, at academies and we, when we teach one-timers, the very first rule is hit the puck. And a, it sounds simple, but watch guys in the NHL that will whiff and miss yeah. the puck. The second one is hit the net. Don't aim. Don't try to hit a corner. Just hit a, hit the net. Pick a side if you want, but hit the middle of the net. And that's all Leon does. If you watch where all his one-timers are, he's not going bar down. He's hitting the middle of the net because he gets it on net every time. He's beating the goalie to the spot. The puck is beating the goaltender. And uh, he, uh, Ovechkin and Stamkos are the two next best one-timing guys in the National Hockey League. And they score with consistency on the power play as well. But they're scoring almost exclusively from the same spot which makes them special because everyone knows they're there, right. yet they can still score. Leon doesn't do that. He moves all over the zone. And he gets, well, we saw him last year, I think it was last year, where he had both feet below the goal line. Oh, the game in Ottawa. Yeah, was, both yeah, feet were below year. the goal yeah. line, and he hit a one-timer and put it in the net. That's how incredible he is. Uh, it's it just not fair that the Edmonton Oilers have Connor McDavid, who can dangle through all four guys if he wants, and they also got this guy can score from anywhere on the ice on the power play. That's what makes the others' power play so special is they've got guys that can both score and play make, and those they've got three or four of them on their power play. All right, we have Frank on the Certainty Hotline as well. Frank, go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, <coughs> I'm not sure what it is about the teams from Minnesota, but the Oilers have always had yeah, struggles with them back to when they were still the North Stars, as far as I can remember. I was hearing your discussion earlier, and I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe they need to change their playlist uh, before the game, you know, in the, in the dressing room. And you guys could send them a compilation of Metallica and ZZ Top. And, well, good call. Uh, I mean, you got to change something up. And, you know, I, I'm pretty sure right now they're listening to a bunch of rap stuff and a little Metallica, a little ZZ Top. Throw a little Tragically Hip in there and we're set. Yeah. Hey, there you go, guys. <laughs> well, Yanni Nino used to like even harder than Metallica, didn't he? <laughs> he liked the really a lot of the Euro music. Yeah, a lot of the Europeans that I played with really liked. I, I mean, I was a country guy, so the stuff they played was just noise to me. But yeah, they did listen to some hard stuff that was, I thought it was just guys screaming for four minutes, but <laughs> they apparently said it was music. But uh, the, the Minnesota Wild, the Minnesota teams have been a tough, tough out for the Oilers for a number of years, and they just play a style of game that uh, doesn't suit the way the Oilers play, and they play it to perfection. This was a really good game tonight by the Minnesota Wild. The Oilers' all-time 
at the Minnesota Wild are now 17-25-1, which honestly might be better than, uh, or pardon me, that includes a tie. They're 17-25-6. And and se pardon me, 17-25-7. I'll add in the ties with the shootout and overtime losses. That might be better than a lot of Oilers fans <laughs> would have felt the record was. Because they, they started off when the Wild came into the league, the Oilers won five of the first six games and the other game was a tie. It's been downhill since so then. So since then, when they had that long stretch, right, where they, they never won there. I'm going to check what they were on the road against the Minnesota North Stars. Well, oh, you're doing... It includes Dallas, though, so that's going to mess everything up. Yeah, because Dallas was pretty good against the Oilers, too. Uh, going back, there's a, less than a minute to go in the Calgary-Montreal game. Montreal leads by a goal. The third period shots are 19-5. to five in favor of the Calgary Flames, and the only goal scored in the period has been by the Montreal Canadiens. 44-19 are the shots for Calgary in this game. Less than a minute to go. Calgary's goaltender has been pulled. All right, yeah, it's been marched from the, uh, the goaltender tonight. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com that allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Here is Oilers defenseman Cody Ceci. This kind of went the way these games normally go, where you guys get yeah. the early jump and then they're kind of, they set a pace that's kind of tough for you guys to keep up with your back to backs like that. Um, yeah, I mean, back to backs are tough. Uh, we, we were in it most of the way, and I don't know if it was fatigue or what, but we had a sloppy line change in the third period. It cost us that fourth one that kind of caused a little too much separation for us to come back. What's the, uh, I mean, you finished the road trip three and three, which is, you know, Halfway good, halfway bad. I think. What do you what do you make of how you guys came out of that? Um, yeah, I mean it was a it was a tough one. Uh, we got a big win yesterday, um, but yeah, coming in here, it was a, we knew it was gonna be a tough game. We wanted to play smart, and yeah, we just got a little bit a little bit sloppy in the third, and it got away from us. Cody, what did the Wild do uh, particularly well? It, obviously, you look at this, the score and the, the shots, they, they're pretty good at sort of, sort of stopping those chances and limiting opportunities. Yeah, they play a tight game. Uh, I thought they forechecked uh, pretty tough all night. And then uh, when they had the puck in the zone, they're just uh, good at using the whole zone and all five guys. So um, credit to them. I mean, they... Uh, they played a good game. They were, they were moving it well, and they uh, capitalized on some chances. How much are you looking forward to a bit of an extended stay at home starting Saturday? That'll be nice. I think uh, this last month was tough for us. We had a lot of road games, so it'll be nice to get back home in front of our fans and uh, hopefully string some wins together. Yeah, you guys are like two games over 500, but just kind of you're, you're hanging around, but you need to go on a little run. What do you have to do to, to make that run happen? Yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone's too satisfied with uh, with the overall results of how we've been playing, but we are still above 500. We're still right in the race with uh, with all the other teams, so um, it's a good spot to be. Uh, hopefully, we can keep grinding them out and uh, get a couple bodies back. Look at all the Calgary Montreal fans. All right, so uh, Canadians win 2-1. Jake Allen, 44 saves. Caden Gooley, who's been exceptional, uh, got hit with a puck here with a in the with about 25 seconds left and hobbled down the it was an absolute I'd like to see him play here so would I Saturday. he's a wonderful young player but it was an absolute bomb from stone from the point Gooley was facing the goaltender battling a player and he took it in the I don't know if it was the back of the leg back of the knee but he had to be helped off the ice and down the the hallway hopefully it's nothing major and we get to see him on Saturday afternoon 
Oilers lose 5-3 to the Wild. That means a $300 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They're given 100 bucks every time the Oilers score this season, which we greatly appreciate. Yeah, well, I wonder if they're going to show that injury again. Hope he's okay. I mean, off that ex exceptional Oil Kings team. Yeah, he, he's a, a tremendous young young hockey player. You know what else I'm looking forward to seeing for the Montreal Canadiens? I don't even know how to say his name, but he's got the best nickname in I've ever heard of. Oh, Jack sports. Guy. Yeah, it, how do you spell it? Uh, I, think, I think it's X, how is it again? X-E-H-J-A. I, I gotta look it up. It, now. His nickname is Wi-Fi because it looks like a because it looks like, okay. like a random Wi-Fi password. So his first name is Arber, A E B E R. Sorry, I've got the last letter wrong. It's X H E K A J. That's and his last Jack name. Jack Guy. Yes. And they and they call him Wi-Fi because it looks like a <laughs> random Wi-Fi password that a computer would give you. That's my favorite nickname I've ever heard in in pro sports. So well, I'll tell you what the Canadians. I mean, granted, if, if the Oilers outshoot them like this, you, you think they're not going to survive two games in a row like that. But they're 12-10-1. and one. You know? Uh, that, 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 that's almost the same record as the Oilers. Slavkoski, yeah, Slavkoski scored tonight. The, he had the other goals. Yes, he, he did, yeah. He, yeah, he, so he's the first overall pick. That surprised some people they took him. Yeah, yeah well, and the, the one that everyone was expected to go first overall is playing in the minors for the Seattle Kraken. So, uh, and they got Cole Caulfield. Uh, he's a wonderful young star. We, his breakout was in the playoffs when he came up after his college season. He's a nice young hockey player and their captain, Suzuki. He is a, another star in the making in Montreal. It's fun. It is always fun when the Canadians come because you have all the Montreal Canadian fans yep. in the stands. There's a different energy. This is an afternoon game, so I imagine you'll see a lot of uh, younger fans at the Oilers game on Saturday at 5 p.m. So uh, I look forward to these games. Anytime a Canadian team comes to Edmonton, it's uh, it's a lot of fun for yeah. for it's fun for the players, it's fun for the broadcasters, and it's certainly fun for all the people in the stands. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a story for me, right? The because uh, in the off season and things change so quickly. Uh, three teams: Montreal was supposed to be terrible. Now, they still, I mean, there's, well, they, they leapfrogged Florida today. Uh, Montreal was supposed to be terrible. Arizona was supposed to be terrible. And Chicago was supposed to be terrible. Chicago is terrible, quite frankly. They are. Uh, yep. Arizona's not that good. I mean, there's, yeah, they, they're 7, 10, and 3. I mean, they're bad, <laughs> maybe, but not terrible. But, I mean, Montreal, and they're, Wherever we see them play, we're like, oh, this is entertaining. Well, they are entertaining, and they, they have some play. And the one thing that we said, uh, we've talked about a lot lately, you and I, and then we talked about after the second period of this game, that a team like Montreal, if you let them hang around, they have players that can hurt you. And they hung around long enough, and in the third period, they only had four or five shots on net, but one of them was by Cole Caulfield a on a power shot. play. They just showed it. Like, well, great uh, pass, too. Well, let's go. We talk about great one-timers in the National Hockey League. Cole Caulfield is going to be one of those players for a number of years. He has a great one-timer. We just saw it against the Calgary Flames. I'm sure that you will see a few of those opportunities on the power play against the Oilers on Saturday. Uh, they're a fun team. They are not a team built for this year. This is a team that's still building for the next few years, but I think they may, in their belief, be a few 
years ahead of schedule as they're having a nice start to the season. Marty St. Louis, the best peewee coach in the history of the National Hockey League, has... What a progression, eh? That's something. You're, you're coaching 12-year-olds, and then the next year you're coaching the Montreal Canadiens. And give them credit. Uh, he has done a heck of a job there in Montreal. Oilers lose 5-3 to the Wild. Jonathan on the Certainty Hotline. Jonathan, hope you're doing okay. Go ahead. Okay, I just wanted to ask about... Uh, like I, I think, like I think, a co I think Jay Woodcroft's on the hot seat. I think if we get to January first, we're sitting about the 500 mark. I don't know how long the GM can ignore it, but I wanted to ask about uh, bringing in a coach like Elaine Vigneault. I think there's I absolutely think zero that. chance. There's zero chance that they're going to change coaches. I, I think the co I think it's a challenging time for Jay and his staff. I don't think they want to change coaches two years in a row. No, I don't think there's any chance that they're going to change the coaching staff. What do you and I'm not I'm what what do you think his shortcomings are as a coach? Well, the defense is playing bad and the goaltenders are getting blown out every night. Well and I like Rob was saying before, like it doesn't seem like they're a club playing with confidence. And when Woodcroft goes into the press conferences, <clears throat> I'm just not seeing a coach with confidence go up there and I'm not sure a rookie coach is what the club needs. I think they need a veteran coach who can get them playing that gritty style of hockey. Yeah. The, 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 I, I, I hear what you're saying. The problem is they had a veteran coach that they fired because he couldn't get them to play the gritty type of defense that they wanted. And the co before Jay Woodcroft, their defense didn't play well and the goaltenders didn't make saves. And before that with Todd McClellan, who was a veteran coach, the defensemen didn't play well and the goalies didn't make saves. And for Ken Hitchcock, it's been the same thing for a number of years. Jay Woodcroft last year was the first time a coach had come in in a while and changed them around and got them playing solid defensive hockey down the stretch. Now, this is the first adversity he's had to face over this last little while, but I, I honestly think there is zero chance. Yeah, it would have to be like... Uh, They'd have to lose friendly. 15 in a row or something along that line. If they're around 500, they're not making a coaching change. They'll make personnel changes. If they, went, if, if, if they if it tanked that bad, they'd probably also change the GM. Oh, yes. Yeah, it'd be a lot of changes. Yeah. And, and the GM would probably be moved before the coach would. At that point, because they just yeah, if they absolutely like lost 15 out of 17 or something like that. Yeah, I, 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 I and I, you know, I, I brought up on my show this uh, on Inside Sports as well that yes, this is a challenge for Woodcroft. You know, last year he came in, things went pretty well almost from yep. the beginning. Well, they I won mean, five straight to they start. They won five straight. You know, he only had I think nine regulation losses in in about half a season. So yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. But and plus. You know, I don't think the owner wants to pay another coach. <laughs> I mean, they they played, well, they paid Tippett for the end of last season not to work for them. Mm -hmm. They just signed Woodcroft to a three-year deal. I, I don't think they want to say. No. And I also don't think you want to fire a coach at the first sign of adversity. No, you're going to see. You know, you're going to say like, okay, we we hired you because we think that you you can work through it. And and I don't think there's uh, again, I don't think there's any chance of firing. But you also look at Ken Holland's not a guy that likes firing coaches. True. <laughs> so yeah. you add that to the mix too. You got a GM that doesn't really like firing coaches to start with. I no, they're they're not firing the coach. Uh, there will be player if the team is not where they need it to be, there'll be player movement first. But uh, again, sometimes it's it's not always the coach that's making yeah. the, they're they're not making the mistakes on the ice and the mistakes that are being made at times are mistakes that these players know not to make. 
It is interesting, though. I mean, yep. we, have, we have a caller. We haven't heard from him in a while. He had the handle serious scored. Yep. And he didn't like Dave Tippett because he said no coach over 57 or however Tippett was when he was hired has ever won the Stanley Cup. And now Jonathan thinks Woodcroft's too young <laughs> to be the, the coach. So, uh, yeah, having said that, I mean, the Oilers are 13 and 11. It's not great. I, I, I will disagree. I will flat out disagree with Jonathan on one thing. I have never found Jay Woodcroft not to sound relatively confident i mean sure he has sounded unhappy after mm -hmm. some of the losses but he's always come across to me as a very confident man so anyway yeah, i agree with you on that one okay uh 7804960063 oilers lose 5-3 to the wild this is heartland ford overtime open line oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen brothers this is the heartland ford overtime open line here's reed wilkins on oilers radio 630 chad Okay, our quick change tonight. Clean Costin hitting the score sheet. His first goal with the Oilers, the quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. The Oilers lose 5-3 to the Minnesota Wild, so the Oilers are now 13-11 on the season. Get more on this game on the team on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Of course, Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8 p.m. Next game broadcast here on 630Ched. Face-off show at 3.30 Saturday afternoon. Game at 5 from Rogers Place. Oilers taking on the Montreal Canadiens who won 2-1 in Calgary tonight. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.